Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. It's a great football team with a lot of moral fiber and a lot of character, and they show it. Shout, a Buffalo football podcast hosted. By Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot. No place else you'd rather be than right here, right now. When it's too tough for them, it's just right. Presented by Syracuse.com and NYUP.com. The Bills make me wanna. We're back, Mr. Ryan Talbot. 1 a.m. I feel like. Uh, Getting flashbacks to the end of the the season and the playoff games and a lot of the late season uh, uh, 1 a.m. 2 a.m. sessions. We got a lot to talk about. Um, I'm Matt Perino. He's Ryan Talbot. I am in Cleveland right now. We just wrapped up the press conference with uh, Gregory Rousseau. He did the Zoom call with the Buffalo media and then the uh, attendees here. Uh, he talked for a little bit. Got a chance to be around him, and we were talking about it. Super cool just to be able to kind of be in the same room and do an interview again. Um, and this whole weekend has been, or this whole week so far, I mean, I've been here for two days, heading back tomorrow to do the rest of the, uh, draft from Buffalo. Uh, but it's just been nice to see Bills fans out, football fans out doing stuff again. Uh, it's just been a fun time and, you know, a fun first round here with a lot of stuff that we can dive into. Yeah, and you're right, though. We're seasoned vets at this after all those primetime games last year, 1 a.m. This this is our wheelhouse. We're used to this now, so uh, I guess that's the benefit of primetime games. That's the benefit of a team winning and picking 30th. So uh, it was a long wait, but the Bills finally did go, and they kind of started a little mini run of uh, edge rushers or, you know, obviously some of these systems, the the Jason Owa and, and the Joe Tryon, uh, went right after them. So all these pass rushers go boom, 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 right down that first round with the Bills obviously landing Gregory Rousseau. Yeah, and I think I want to start with, you know, the first question because I think that I saw on social media as we were kind of doing the press conferences and sifting through the reaction was that, okay, Gregory Rousseau, a guy that some people thought might be, uh, you know, a second-round pick depending on where he kind of graded out um, – Maybe you trade back in that scenario. We were talking about trade back uh, for, for weeks. Uh, Brandon Bean kind of added some fuel to that fire, even as late as today when he talked about fielding calls from teams and that maybe being more likely. And so I saw a fan straight up ask, if you like Gregory Rousseau, but maybe you have a, a couple players that you like, why not move back, collect some more assets? But I think the problem that you run into there is, number one, I think that the Bills really like Gregory Rousseau. I think that they thought that he was going to be off the board. That's the first piece of it. The second piece of it is 
I know uh, uh, Aziz Ojolari was there and Jason Oa was there and Joe Tryon was there to your point in the run that, that went on. You don't know if those are all comparable grades in the, on the Bills draft board in the Bills room as they're going through these conversations. And depending on how far you trade down, you may trade yourself right out of the guy that you want to pick. And I know that there's it's a polarizing pick. I know that there's some people already I'm seeing some people talking about, you know, a uh, future bust. And I even saw somebody say Aaron Maven 2.0, which I think is funny because that was the same thing people were saying about Jason Oway. And I think that works more because a similar players and, and B same school. Gregory Rousseau is a com completely different comp six foot seven, 260 pounds, very raw player that comes with one year of absolutely eye popping production, how he got that production. That's a completely different conversation that we can get into, but Brandon Bean didn't mince any words. This is a, a, a raw player that's going to come in here. They're going to hope to develop him, but I don't think you take a chance when you have a player that you're excited about. Like I think that Brandon Bean was in this situation. We could also get into the conversation of, you know, now that we're in a couple drafts in here under this regime, we could start to look back at some of the hits and misses and, and, and how to feel about this pick, but you know, they needed to find somebody to rush the passer, affect the quarterback. They think they've done that. Yeah, so, you know, Tom in the comments says, why should we be excited about this pick? Well, one, I mean, no one knows how this is going to pan out. So let, let's cool the Jets on who's going to be a bust, who's going to be an all-pro, who's going to be great. But wingspan, unbelievable wingspan, the size that Matt already mentioned, the versatility, can play inside-outside, 15.5 sacks, 19.5 tackles for loss in, in 13 games with the Hurricanes in 2019. There's a lot to like about this guy. Brandon Bean said one week before the draft, we are thinking long-term with this pick. He is well aware that Gregory Rousseau is raw, so to speak. He still needs some work, but you have some veterans in the room that can help him bring him along. In Jerry Hughes, in Mario Addison, two veterans who are well over 30, two veterans who are in the final year of their contract. So he is thinking long-term. He's thinking, I can rotate him in. As a rookie, not going to give him the majority of the snaps at either defensive end spot, but then I can he can be a potential starter the following year when the Bills are in an obvious uh, the the uh, other teams in an obvious passing situation. You can kick Rousseau on the inside on those third down plays and get him more involved that way too. He does a lot of things. He checks a lot of boxes for what the Bills like in those defensive linemen. Well, there's a couple options I think that as as the as they dwindled there, I know Greg Newsom was a, a hot commodity amongst Bills fans. Uh, Jeremiah Uoso-Koromoa, I want to get into him a little bit. He was actually on the board. Newsom was selected by the Browns a few picks before the Bills uh, draft. A little bit of a shock, Peyton Turner, who Adam Schefter actually tweeted that, you know, was going to probably go in the first round, was hearing that buzz. He did. He went to the Saints um, two picks before the Bills. And then uh, the Packers uh, went defense with Eric Stokes out of Georgia. Uh, which I'm sure uh, Aaron Rodgers was thrilled about. But, you know, I think that JOK would have been a really intriguing selection. And I think that – and it didn't come up in, in, in Brandon Bean's press conference, and I think this is going to be a nice follow-up when we get him over the next couple of days, is, you know, maybe wh what he thought of him and, and where they might have, you know, may if, they, if he did like him, was there a plan in place? Um, I, we were talking amongst ourselves here about uh, about the potential of getting JOK in this defense and where does he fit in 2021. And, you know, I kind of maintain where, where what I liked about him is that the long-term kind of 
plan that you can maybe put in place for him. Maybe he doesn't fit into a, a, a day one super role in terms of a starter, every down player, but maybe long-term you can maybe convert him to safety. Maybe use him as a, as a linebacker. Maybe you learn that, you know, you got enough uh, looking at 90% nickel last year that maybe you want to kind of adjust things and how you play your defense, get a, a, another linebacker with, you know, that ability to cover and the speed and the physicality on the field. Um, but I think in the end, what this showed me was, and Brandon Bean was specifically asked, asked about this is he was asked, did you, did you uh, prioritize getting an edge rusher in this draft? And he said, we wanted to get somebody that we thought can affect the passer. And they think that they can do that in Gregory Rousseau. Daniel Jeremiah put out his top 150 and he's, he's really plugged in. I think of the media contingent that cover the draft and, and do this for a living and, and, and break all these guys down. He's usually pretty on the money with how he uh, has, has guys situated. He had him as his number 18 prospect in this draft. He's a raw player. Um, but I think what they think he can do is do multiple things and add another dimension and, and brings it the kind of measurables that they don't have on the roster right now. Yeah. Uh- Brandon Bean watched the Super Bowl. He saw Patrick Mahomes get sacked time and time again. It was something the Bills could not do during the AFC Championship game. He saw that the Jets and the Patriots both added quarterbacks in round one, so you need to get that pass rush, make those young quarterbacks uncomfortable. Uh, Obviously, Miami also has a young quarterback. uh, So, you know, upgrade that pass rush. Know that you don't have to count on him as a major contributor out the gate. But no, you're also trying to bring him along to be your starter in 2022. As for JOK, intriguing player, one of my favorite players in this draft. Surprised he fell to round two. Um, but like you said, the defense the Bills play, the fact that they already have Matt Milano, the fact that they already have Tremaine Edmonds, it would be hard to see him get a sizable role this year or even next year. And while they were thinking long-term, maybe that just wasn't a fit for them. And, and as you said, Bean said, we wanted someone that could pressure the quarterback. And if they believe in Rousseau over Joe Tryon, Jason Oway, and any other of these edge uh, rushers that were available, so be it. These are the guys that have been doing this for many, many years. Uh, they've earned the right to go with who they feel is the best fit for this team. Uh, I, I think that with some of these picks that Brendan Bean has made, I mean, go all go back to Josh Allen 2018. That was a pretty risky pick at the time. And look how it's uh, panned out so far, obviously. Second in MVP voting. Rousseau's going to need some time. Be patient with him, but know that the Bills are going to have a plan in place to bring him along. So, um, you know, getting a chance to be around him, uh, like I mentioned, down in the, in the press conference room, he's, he was really giddy. He was really excited about coming to Buffalo. Um, obviously, the story that he told in the, in the Zoom conference was uh, pretty funny because he didn't really have all the details, but his, yeah. his mother apparently lived in Buffalo from 1995 to about 98 or 99. His brother, his older brother was born there. Um, and just an unbelievable uh, turn of events to find out that, you know, he has this connection to the city. He knew Niagara Falls was there. He's actually never <laughs> been to Buffalo. Um, but just, uh, I really liked his demeanor and I could tell probably what, you know, Sean McDermott, Brandon Bean and, and the scouting staff that, you know, spent time with him in these virtual meetings, you know, he, He's got a positivity about him and he, and, and uh, really infectious smile. And I think that that's a big piece of this as well, that 
you know, sometimes we can break down all of the X's and O's part of it. And we don't get to peek behind the curtain at what these interactions are like between the player and the, and the coaches and, and, and the general manager. And I think he made an impression on him. The way that Brandon Bean was talking about him today and how he fits long-term, you know, he was asked as well about, all right, so now you have A.J. Epinesa you took last year with your first pick in the draft. I'll be in the second round. Gregory Rousseau, edge rusher with your first pick this year. Are these your bookends, maybe? Are these your two starting defensive ends of the future? And he, he basically said, yeah, that's that's kind of how, how we're hoping this thing uh, plays out and that Gregory Rousseau has got to earn everything that he gets. And listen, I also want to say this. I'm seeing some people you know, coming into the comments upset about the pick. There's always going to be somebody that's upset about the pick because we we go through this process and we and we find players in, in the process that stand out to us and we get attached to. And maybe you were a, a JOK fan or an Asante Samuel fan or uh, any number of players that you really liked at this spot, uh, more so than Gregory Rousseau. Um, there are question marks. I mean, as as good as the size is and the production, the pro day numbers were a little bit eye popping. Uh, there's some question marks about his consistency on film from the people that really dive into it. And at that size, is he going to be able to win consistently on the outside? And, you know, they're talking a lot about pushing into the edge. Well, that's great. And if he can find a way to be effective in that role at the next level, that's the key. Find a role, excel in that role. But is he going to be that difference maker on the edge? That's a question mark. And, the, and having concerns is fine. But again, this comes back also to something else that we talked about going into this thing. The Bills are a roster that's been built without a lot of holes. And when you have that type of situation, you can go best player available and kind of marry it a little bit with a knee, a little bit of a knee position to kind of bring those two pieces together and make one part of your team better. And I think just looking at, you know, the potential of a full training camp, you know, maybe some mini camp work if they're able to figure that out uh, next month and then um, preseason games, there's a really good chance with just the size and you know power and potential speed once he gets in the you know the building and the facility there that he can be an impactful player in year one for the bills and adding that on the d line i think is a good thing yeah so you mentioned you know bookends the last two years aj epineza uh and now greg russo and, and go back another year before that at oliver so you know you might have three of your four key pieces to your defensive line being your first pick in the in those last three drafts so Brandon Bean is really trying to get better up front. That'll make you better in the linebacker position. It'll make you better in the secondary. It's the one area where the Bills have been a little inconsistent. They haven't maybe lived up to that hype in terms of what they they thought they might be able to do. Now, mind you, Eric Washington had a very tough job last year. Uh, No typical offseason to get to know these new guys. No typical offseason to work with them. So the sack numbers may not have been where where he wanted them to be. But in his career, historically, his defensive lines have fared very, very well in terms of getting after the quarterback. So this year, that's something to keep an eye on. Uh, I had put something up here about uh, Draft Network saying he interviewed really well. Now, mind you, X's and O's in football is a lot different than just meeting with the media. But I was really impressed with him, the personality that he displayed tonight in that Zoom meeting. You mentioned it, talking about his ties to Buffalo uh, when he first said Niagara Falls first, I kind of cringed a little because whenever you watch the Bills in primetime, like that first shot going into commercial break <laughs> is always Niagara Falls. And like people that don't know is like, oh, yeah, Niagara Falls must be like minutes away from the stadium or minute, you know. Uh, but really cool story about his mom possibly getting her nursing degree here because he wasn't 100% sure on that. 
but he thinks that's what happened. Older brother who's now in the Coast Guard being born here says he still has an uncle and a cousin, I believe, that live in this area as well. So still has some family here, has some ties to the area, was definitely really excited about the opportunity. And, and, and you know, obviously it's just the initial uh, presser, but he passed that with flying colors in terms of showing off that personality, uh, doing a nice job of answering all the questions. Um, you know, quick shout out to me on the uh, Bears uh, taking a, <laughs> trading up for a quarterback. And if this gentleman is in the comments this evening who uh, called me a goof for the idea that Matt Nagy wanted to get the quarterback of the future uh, because he had to win now, I would just like to say, you know, I do do this for a living. Thank you very much. <laughs> but moving on to something else on Brandon Bean, I think what we also learned from this pick tonight is – there is a pattern that's developed here in Brandon Bean's time and in, in what he has done with his first round picks, all going all the way back to Josh Allen and Tremaine Edmonds, Ed Oliver, and now Gregory Rousseau. He is a guy that is okay with gambling on those raw prospects. Those guys that come in here with, you know, intan like intangibles, like the measurables, you know, the off the field stuff, the way that you interview, um, the size, the you know, uh, things that certain guys are able to do physically that other guys just aren't simply able to do. Listen, I think when you line up at right tackle and you have to look across the line at the, the opposing team's edge rusher, there's a big difference going up against a six seven Gregory Rousseau who's coming at you as a powerhouse at, at 260 who's just fitting into his body as opposed to an Aziz Ojolari who I know a lot of people, you know, really wanted the Bills to consider in this spot who's coming in a much more um, compact, smaller package. And I think he likes gambling on those guys. You look at Tremaine Edmonds, the size, the freakish size that he came in at. Josh Allen, same thing. At Oliver in a little bit of a different direction. You know, it was a gamble to take a three-tech interior defensive lineman who you want to be a chaos creator who's a little bit undersized. So he's willing to gamble on guys that they do their work on and they have place at a proper place on their board. And I think you have to respect that. And I think to a point to the point of a lot of people in the comment section here is I think that Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott have kind of earned a little bit of rope on those things. Now the, that rope shrinks a little bit as we move forward here in 2021, when I think it's going to come time to really dive into what Tremaine Edmonds is going to be as an NFL player. You're not really going to be able to use the excuse so much anymore about the age. He's going to be 22. It's going to be his fourth year in the league. He's going to have to be that truly pro bowl player this year for a defense that if they're going to have, let's be honest, if they're going to have a chance against the Kansas City team uh, that really beat them at the middle of the field, uh, that secondary part of, of the play when the ball gets in the playmaker's hands, their linebackers are going to have to play better. You know, interior is going to have to play better, starting with Ed Oliver. So those things are going to come due as we move forward here. But I like the fact that they've kind of eased into who they are as a front office and as a, as a team, and they're making those decisions. And I think, it's a I think this is a fun one. And from the conversations that I've had, the Bills did not think that he would be here at 30. So they, they believe they're getting a value pick at 30 in Gregory Rousseau. Yeah, and, and you know, uh, his agent, Drew Rosenhaus, had tweeted uh, earlier in the week that Rousseau was going the first round, no doubt about it. Teams had guaranteed it. I don't think that Brandon Bean was one of those GMs that promised that he would take him. Uh, but you look at who was taken after him, and it's very possible that one of those teams after Buffalo would have taken 
uh, Russo had he been there. Buffalo liked him. They had him fall into their laps at 30. Uh, thank you, Raiders. Thank you, some of those other teams, you know, that made some very peculiar uh, – every, every year. Every I'm so year. Every so year. sorry. I look Greg Dad Brown is sitting next to me uh, right here, which uh, – great tag team partner we'll get him we'll get him in here uh over on buffalo kickoff live and he even said it like the raiders are gonna raiders every year if it's not Ke kellen farrell uh it's uh moving up inexplic inexplicably for an offensive lineman who we both talked about we like alex latherwood but i like him a whole hell of a lot better in the middle of the second round or early <laughs> second round so you know to your point yeah a lot of uh you know but we, we knew that coming in. We knew that there was going to be some of these picks that were a bit a little bit puzzling just because of the way that everybody had, you know, I think different boards and valued different things. Um, I saw one comment on here that hearing Stokes and OA were higher on the Bills board and Rousseau was last of the three. Well, OA went after Rousseau. So um, I, I think that Rousseau would have been ahead of uh, him on their board and, you know, Instincts wise, like when you're talking about, you know, the, the zero sacks for OA at the, at the college level last year. And I know it's not all about production, but, you know, I think instincts probably come into the conversation as being a detriment to you when you're not able to land as much as they probably wanted to see last year. And in terms of Eric Stokes, yeah, I thought that they were in that range where maybe they would even think about moving up for Greg Newsom out of Northwestern, who I liked a, a, a whole lot more than Eric Stokes. I, I think Stokes is fine. And I think that he has some upside and, and maybe he'll be better than, than Newsom. But I thought that Newsom was a little bit more the safer pick. But they were they they got to a point where I think they were comfortable with where they were at. Maybe on both sides of things, the, the mobility mobility factor, maybe even being able to move back. But when a guy like that lands that you're so confident in, and if you haven't watched Brandon Bean yet, we'll have a story on that today. I actually got to get going here shortly because I got to start transcribing that. Listen to how he talks about Gregory Rousseau. There was um, – no doubt about it, confidence in that selection. And I think if you leave a draft, especially at 30 in a year like this, where there's probably 15 guys with a true first round grade to leave the draft with what I think is a player that you had a first round or, or even fringe first, second round grade on. I think that's a win. Yeah. Uh, he said it again, pre pre draft press conference. If our, if one of our guys is there at 30, we're not trading the pick. Rousseau was one of their guys, clearly, because he said there is one team that really showed interest in uh, moving up to 30 and taking that pick from the Bills, and the Bills could have moved down. We obviously don't know what was offered or what uh, if it was a great offer, but this was someone that the Bills had interest in. And one name I keep seeing in, in the comments is Aziz Olajari. I like Aziz a lot. What You have to remember a few things. One, there were some medical concerns that came out recently. Two, he does not fit the prototypical weight, size, wingspan uh, that, that the Bills look for in their edge rushers. So I would have been, you know, if the team would have done that, okay, they're trying something different. They like him. Maybe they think of him as a situational pass rusher. They stay true to that prototypical size that they look for, the 250, 260. And obviously, Rousseau is pushing closer to 270. He's about 266. Huge wingspan. Matt, how many times have we had, you know, maybe, and, and I know Tremaine Edmonds, uh, different position, but how many times has Tremaine Edmonds made a play by batting a ball or tipping a ball if he couldn't get to the quarterback, if he couldn't make uh, another play? The wingspan matters in the NFL, and that's something else that Russo has. So if he can't get to the quarterback and he puts those arms up and bats a ball up into the air, gets intercepted, he, he creates an incomplete pass, whatever the case may be, that's another positive play. That's another win for this team. 
I'm not sitting here saying he's going to be an all-pro. We don't know this. But to the other point, all these people in here saying that he's a bust, we don't know that. Let the kid learn the game. He he played wide receiver, safety, and defensive end in high school. He didn't get to play last year because he, he wanted to make sure that his mom was safe. She was a COVID nurse. Uh, so, But in his one year at Miami, or his last year Miami, 15 and a half sacks, 19 and a half tackles for loss. One other thing I want to point out, and, and uh, tip of the hat to cover one for this, they pointed out that Manny Diaz and Sean McDermott are in this little inner circle uh, with this group of coaches. So I'm pretty confident Sean McDermott probably talked to Manny Diaz quite a bit about, hey, what was he like at practice? What was he like on and off the field? We learned tonight from Brandon Bean that even after he opted out, he was still taking part in the meetings. He was still watching film. He he missed his teammates. He wanted to be there. He was a team guy. He's checking off a lot of those boxes that this regime looks for. So, you know, as you see and hear from some people, trust the process. Trust Brandon Bean, Sean McDermott, and, and all the other personnel on this team that they know what they're doing. They've shown time and time again getting the Bills from where they were before they came all the way to the AFC Championship. You know, they're, they're pretty good at this. Mm. Great points all around. Let's look ahead before we get out of here to tomorrow. Um, starting to kind of put the um, you know picture together at, in terms of what Brandon Bean might be working with on the end of uh, the second round. First things first, I, I, I want to point out, I'm surprised that, that more offensive linemen didn't go in the first mm-hmm. round. Uh, although Alex Leatherwood uh, uh, definitely puffed his chest out. If I'm not mistaken, Tevin Jenkins did not go, correct? No, Tevin I, Jenkins I did not go. So there is a ton of talent at the um, on the offensive line, interior uh, tackle spots. I think that definitely could be something that's in play in round two. I, I'm curious your thoughts on, on where those the, the cornerbacks, uh, where things stand right now and who you think might be available there uh, down at 60. A uh, couple interesting names to look at: Tyson Campbell, Ifemele Fonwu. Do you think either of those guys could be in play uh, at sixty-one? You know, those are the two names I was going to mention. I don't know if they're going to be available at sixty-one. I was going to say Brandon Bean. If he wants a cornerback, he might have to move up for one of them. Now, mind you, there are other options. I've mentioned Paulson Adibo's name multiple times. Maybe a round three option there. Someone out of Stanford that I like a lot. There are other zone cornerbacks. Uh, in this draft class that you could that could be had in those maybe maybe fifth round maybe you have to put the two fifth round picks together and move into round four uh, but if he wants a cornerback and he wants one of the two players that you just mentioned you probably have to move up for one of them I may you know I, and I sit here and I say that but I was not expecting JOK to be on the board at the end of round one I was not expecting Tevin Jenkins to be available uh, th- there's a lot of players that slip through the cracks so maybe one of them does fall. So you already mentioned offensive linemen. There's Landon Dickerson who didn't go. There's uh, Quinn Miners. There's obviously offensive tackles, wide receiver. This is a very deep class, but the Bills could still pounce on a wide receiver position. They could go pass catcher at tight end. There's going to be some players out there. Pat Firmuth of Penn State. You're going to have Tommy Tremble of Notre Dame. Uh, you're going to have, oh, I think Hunter Long's later in this draft, but you know, just naming some other plays that might be fits in that system. There's players there, uh, so there are options for the Bills. You know, someone's going to slip through the cracks just like they did in round one. There's going to be someone very talented for the Bills if they sit there, or this could be the round where he Brandon Bean gets that itch and he says, "I want to move up and get my guy." 
Very good stuff. All right, we are, yes, uh, we got a, a huge audience in here. Thank you for joining us tonight. It's 1.30, I gotta get writing, uh, get out of here tonight uh, from, the, from the facility. We'll be back in Buffalo uh, tomorrow for rounds two and three. Do us a favor, like this video if you're watching on YouTube or Facebook. Uh, give it a share if you're watching on any of the social media platforms. That really helps us. And if you're on YouTube, hit that subscribe button as well. Smash that like button. It really helps us out. For Ryan Talbot, I'm Matt Perino. We will be back tomorrow. We'll we'll do it. Uh, make sure you're following us on the social media channel. We'll. I don't think it'll be on YouTube. Uh, I want to. I want to save the YouTube uh, shows for uh, after uh, the draft picks. But we will be live on Twitter and on Facebook tomorrow, pre-start of round two to kind of get more into well, what we're expecting uh, on day two. And, and a, a big day two after you know figuring out the edge rusher position, now you can start to move it into some fun directions, whether you go cornerback, maybe a wide receiver or offensive lineman. I think there's a lot of options out there as well. Uh, for Ryan Talbot, I'm Matt Perino. We will see you tomorrow. Take care, everyone.